Hey everyone, I wanted to welcome you to Encounter Church. I'm Pastor Craig Rice. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Well, happy Resurrection Sunday, Easter, whatever you want to call it, but uh, we don't deal with the semantics. We're just all about Jesus. And uh, we believe in His resurrection. And the reason why we meet on Sundays uh, is because of the resurrection. Every week, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And not only do we celebrate it by just joining together, gathering together in, in settings like this, but we also know, like the Apostle Paul said, that this same power that raised Jesus from the dead now dwells in you. So resurrection is not an event as much as it is a lifestyle. It's not just something that happened, it's something that is lived out. And I am thankful today for the resurrecting power of Jesus that was not just for once, but it was for all time. Are you thankful today that that resurrection power is still alive and well? And uh, I'm, I'm Craig and my wife Andrea, we're the lead pastors here, and we are just honored and privileged to serve this amazing church and community. And uh, we want to just bless you. If you're a guest with us today, we just want you to know that this is a tribe. This is a place where you can belong before you believe. So no matter where you are on your faith journey or, or walk today, we just want to say welcome. And we are so glad that you're here. And this is a place where you find belonging, find a tribe, find a family. We're here. We lift each other up. We run together strong. We heal together. We love together. And, um, and that's what this is all about. And it goes so much farther than just these, these four walls. It, it goes out into everyday life. We do life together, and, uh, and we're just excited that you are here on this Resurrection Sunday. Well, without any further ado, let's go ahead and get into the Word today. As Pastor Jesse said, we are in a series called Unstoppable. Uh, we started this with the intention of just going a few weeks, and we just haven't stopped. That's what you get when you call a series Unstoppable. I That's, yeah, it's what happens. And, and so we are we are in this, and I want to just talk about Unstoppable Jesus today. The mission behind the series that we launched uh, many weeks ago was with the intention of knowing that we serve an unstoppable God who wants nothing more for your life to be unstoppable as well. In fact, the Bible records as Jesus is talking to his disciples, he said, you know, I'm, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Amen. And then I'm going to give you the keys to that kingdom, that whatever you bind will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. And what he's saying is, I'm empowering you to do greater things than I did. And the church has that power. What is the church? It's not a building on a corner. It's not something that has a steeple. Obviously, we don't have one. Uh, it's, not a, it's not an event. It's not a social club. The church is an ever-moving entity of people that are marching forward for the cause of Christ. It is people that are living out resurrection every day. You and I are a part of that church. And if we are, then that means that you and I are are unstoppable because he is unstoppable. Can we just put our hands together and thank him for that truth today? That truth today. Easter is surrounding the story of, of Jesus. And if you don't know 
If you believe in this Jesus today, I hope that by the end, somehow, some way, there is a little convincing, a little persuasion that you know that this Jesus is not some made-up being, not some individual that people have used, manipulated, and used to control people, but that he is alive and he is a well, and that he wants to change your life and raise you from the dead. That this Jesus is not just something we read about, but it is day. Someone we follow. It's teachings, not just his morals and his principles, but the essence of who he is. The essence of who he is. And the story of Jesus is so brilliant, so beautiful, connects the Old Testament history and heritage and the stories, and then it leads into his birth, which was miraculous in of itself. But then his life, he he dealt with things that no other human being had ever dealt with. And yet he was able to overcome them. But not just overcome them, he was able to then empower those that followed him. And it led to the religious society of that day getting so angry, so upset, that this Jesus was upsetting their proverbial apple cart of religiosity ideologies and philosophies that they sought to kill him. And one of Jesus's main guys named Judas is actually the one who betrays him, turns him in. Now one would look at this and, and, and be devastated by this uh, uprising, insurrection against the Messiah, but it was actually the will and the purpose of God. See, Jesus was not was not murdered. Jesus willingly gave up his life for us. Because the will and the purpose of God was to send his son in the likeness of man so that we would be saved. The story of Easter, the story of resurrection, is not about some guy that got nailed to a cross and somewhere, some way we said, wow, he... He, he's not in a tomb anymore. No, no, no. We're talking about the Savior of the world. The one that was sent and willingly laid down his life so that you and I might find freedom, find hope, find peace, find life, find something that no one and nothing else could do or promise. This Jesus goes to a cross and dies. He's buried, but the story... Three days later, he's risen to life. The disciples see it. There's eyewitness of the resurrection of Jesus. Both men and women. At one time, 500 saw him. It, it was not just a story that somebody made up. These are eyewitness accounts of the resurrection of Jesus. And the story doesn't stop there. We would celebrate that story, but the story doesn't end there. Jesus then tells his disciples, I have something better for you. I have something better for you. Like, like just if you'll follow me and trust the process and believe in me, there's something greater ahead for you. And what Jesus was doing through this life lesson was that he was showing that there was nothing on earth or after earth. 
that could stop him and his power, and therefore he imparted it to us. So today, I just want to present to you an unstoppable Jesus. After his crucifixion, his burial, it was custom for them to go and anoint the body to take care of it and to to preserve it. And this is kind of where we want to take our story and our text from today in Luke chapter 24 and verse 1. The Bible says it like this, but very early on Sunday morning, that doesn't sound like a good time to me, but anyway, that's a, uh, and I know I'm talking to the nine o'clock crowd, okay. Uh, and the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance, so they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. And as they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared clothed in dazzling robes, and the women were terrified, rightfully so. Like, that's a little crazy. And bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked... Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered that he had said this. Father, we thank you for the moments we have shared. We glory in the resurrection we thank today that because of this resurrection we too can be raised to newness of life so i pray today god that the dead things would come to life that we would see you we would know you that we would find you today that the very longing of our soul would be met with your goodness and grace and mercy Today we surrender it to you and we know that you are alive, you are well, and you are resurrected, and you are unstoppable. In Jesus' name, someone said amen. Amen. Someone said my mind is open, my heart is ready, I receive it, I believe it, do it Jesus. Have you ever wondered what my purpose is? Have you ever just sat back and just thought, what am I doing on planet earth? Why am I alive? What, what, is my, what is my mission? What, what is God's will for my life? Or maybe, maybe you're a little deeper thinker with it. Uh, what does it truly mean to live? What is the true meaning of what life is? I think that all of us at some point, and maybe even currently, are evaluating what life is, what purpose is, what our design is. Why was I born? Why am I walking? Why do I talk? Why did I marry the person I married? We can talk about that later. Uh, why, why, why do I have these children's, right? Why, why, why do I have this job? Why am I like, why, why am I here? Why do I exist? And I think the fallacy of our understanding is this, is that we believe that life ceases at death. That death is final, that it is the the ultimate thing. And many of us live with a fear of dying. My greatest fear is not actually death. And my wife and I, we talk about this, and I've expressed this. She is a therapist, and so I get free counseling every day. 
And then I pass her and tell her things that... <laughs> Poor Mariah stuck in the middle, yeah. But my greatest fear is not death. My greatest fear is that I haven't left a mark when I die. Like somehow, some way, I haven't left something to be remembered. My personality, my type, my, my, who I am, the essence of who I am wants to be able to leave something behind. It's not death. It's actually the, the, the feeling of failure that I did not accomplish in this life what I was purposed to accomplish. That's my greatest fear. My greatest fear is not death because I know that after death I have an eternal life with Jesus. Like we're going to talk about it in a moment. But my greatest fear is that I'm actually not truly living the life here that I was sent to live. So what does it mean to, to be alive? What is, what is the opposite of life? And I would say this, that death is not the opposite of life, but actually the loss of purpose and the absence of hope. That the opposite of life is not death, but in fact it is the absence of purpose. It is the, the, the void of hope because life without purpose is really no life at all. Life to me today is not just simply breathing or a heart beating in our chest, but life is actually living what we were sent to do. It is to become, to be better to accomplish greater things. And I find it interesting in our story of, of resurrection today that as the women went to anoint the body of Jesus, they don't find him there. The two men, angels, appeared to him and said, why are you seeking the living among the dead? And I want to ask that question to you today. Why are you seeking something that is alive, that is full of hope, that is full of grace among dead ideas, among dead philosophies, among dead purposes? Why are we, why are we searching? Have, have you ever been lost? Have you ever taken the wrong way? Man, I'm not talking to you. I know you've never taken the wrong direction. <laughs> and I'm not trying to remind you of every fight you've had in the car. Thank God for Siri. Have you ever gotten lost? Have you ever got turned around? You, you, you thought you knew the way. You thought you had the direction. You're, you, you're, you're searching, but you're not finding. You're looking, but you're not arriving. Have you ever been there? I, I grew up with a pretty crazy youth pastor who would take us on men and boys hikes and We'd go out in the woods, and, and, we'd, and he just cut us loose. We don't do that here at Encounter. We just we believe in safety of our children. Um, he would throw horrible things at us. He was a great man, really. I, but I remember one year he took us, and, and so I, I, I got in this group. And I, I, when I'm in the woods, I'm not adventurous. I'm adventurous on pavement, not adventurous in the woods where I don't know, like I'm seeing the same tree over and over. And that's just me. And so I got in this group. I somehow got convinced that this group knew a shortcut back. Oh no, that was not a shortcut. 
We ended up miles, miles away from our vehicle. And this was before the days of cell phones. Yeah, that, that's how old I am. This was before we could call and we're out in the woods and none, and it was all boys, none of us would admit that we are lost. None of us would admit that we are terrified. None of us would admit that we are absolutely losing our mind and we are stuck out in the middle of the woods. This is what nightmares are made of. Stephen King has nothing on getting lost in the woods. And there we are stuck, terrified, and just trying to, you know, hey, we're going to make it. It's going to be all right. We end up down the road, and now we got to figure out which way the road goes, right? Now, where's our car? Are we this way that way? Thank God I am here. I was found. <laughs> but have you ever gotten lost where you're just so terrified? Looking for a place? Looking for a location? And oftentimes we're looking in the wrong places for the right things. You're looking for the right thing. They're looking for Jesus, but they're looking at the wrong location. Jesus isn't here. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Why are you lost? Why are you stuck circling the same tomb, circling the same emptiness, going down cycles and, 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 and finding yourself in the darkness of the tomb? Why are you looking for the living in the wrong place? And often we are looking for place. We're looking for a location. When we talk about the will of God or we're talking about our purpose, what we're talking about is a location. We're talking about a place. If I marry the right person, life's going to be good. If I drive the right car, life's going to be great. If I get that house, if I move to that city, if I get that job, am I talking to any real people today? If, if I get this thing, if I arrive at this place, this location, then suddenly we find temporary fulfillment in location we are looking for the place we're looking for a spot and the angel said he's not here he's not here see we're looking for that extra level of peace we're looking for that extra layer of hope we're, we're looking we're looking for another ounce of joy but often we're looking for it in temporary things that will phase out. It will fade away. That when it doesn't work the way you thought it would, suddenly joy is stolen. Suddenly my hope begins to diminish. And what happens is we start internally dying because we have put our purpose in place. We've put our purpose in arriving, our purpose in these things. And sometimes we mistype activity for identity. That what I do is actually who I am. That's not the story of Jesus. What you do is a subcategory of who you already are. Not the other way around. What you do is not who you are. But who you are determines then what you do. Because your purpose 
and your God-given will on this earth is not for you to arrive at a place or a location, but it is for you to find a person. And that person is Jesus. And Jesus, no matter the place, as long as you have Jesus, you have purpose. As long as you have Jesus, you have hope. As long as you have Jesus, you have joy. We get frustrated. The women are frustrated at this moment. They're frustrated because we think God should be showing us the way. God, where do I go? What do I do? What do I apply for? What do, what, what do, I, what do I say to this person? Well, how, do I, how do I see this through? We get frustrated because we're like, God, show us the way instead of allowing him to become the way. We're looking for the path to a place instead of looking for a person who is the path to the place. We're looking at the tomb when we should be looking for where the living people are. We're looking at the dead things when we should be looking at the fulfillment of promises in our life. We're looking at the things that have died and withered and we're, we're so focused on, on the death of a dream, the death of a promise, a death of a marriage, a death of a hope, a death of a job, a death of a, of a career. We're looking at the wrong places. Trying to find meaning and purpose of why this happened. But we're looking for the living among the dead. And this Resurrection Sunday, I feel like God has sent me with a mission today to resurrect your purpose. To resurrect the way that you take, the places that you go matter not if you don't have the way taken care of. In fact, when the, the, the angels told the women, you're looking for living among the dead. You're, 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 you're in the wrong place. I know you're looking for the right thing, but you're in the wrong place. And the Bible said they remembered what he had said. It suddenly sparked something in them. They remembered that he had said, I'm going to die, be buried, but I will come back. And this is what he says in John 14. These are the words that Jesus had previously told the disciples. And he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I am going. And thank God for Thomas, because Thomas says things that, you know, I don't know if you were ever the person who always asked the question in class or if you were the smart person who didn't ask the question and waited for somebody else to ask the question. That's the way to do it, just FYI. Somebody will ask it. That's not me. And Thomas is the guy who asked the questions that nobody else does. And Thomas speaks up and he's like, no, no, we don't know, Lord. Like, that's, he is my spirit animal. Jesus is like, you know the way I'm going, and I'm going to go prepare a place. And Thomas is like, no, we don't. We have no idea what you're talking about. And that's what he says. We have no idea where you are going, so how can we know the way? If we don't know where we're going, how do we know the way? And Jesus told him, I am the way. The truth and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. Do you see what Jesus is doing here? He's like, I have a place prepared for you. 
But you don't have to do anything to try to get to that place. When it's ready, I'll come and get to you. That's what the Bible says. And if you will do that, you know the way. And Thomas, like us, we don't know the way. We don't know the direction. Like, like he doesn't drop a, a pin on Google Maps for us. Jesus just sometimes says, I've got something prepared for you. You're like, yeah, right. What is it? Some of us are young, and, and we don't really know the purpose and the career path that we're supposed to take or, or what the marital status is going to look like or, 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 or what we're going to achieve. And some of us are on the other end of the spectrum where we're looking back over our life and we're wondering if we've actually accomplished all that we have been sent to accomplish. And some of us are right in the middle, striving in between the two tensions of it. And we're wondering, God, you put me here. You've placed me here. Why am I alive? Why am I here? Why do I exist? What is my purpose? What is your will for my life? And we're like Thomas, and we're like, I don't know the way. I don't know how to get to where I'm going. I don't know the direction I'm supposed to take. And Jesus' statement was this. You don't have to know. All you have to do is trust because I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Life isn't something Jesus gives you. It's who Jesus is. Resurrection is not something Jesus does. It is who he is. Repeatedly in John, he reminds them, I am the bread of life. I am the fountain that will never dry up. I am the resurrection. I am the life. I am the way. I am the truth. What is he doing? He's referring to an Old Testament statement when Moses did not know the way. When Moses had no idea of what his purpose was on earth, God spoke to him through a burning bush that would not be consumed. And Moses is like, what do I do? And he's like, go to the Egyptians and free the people. Who do I tell them sent me? See, every God had a name in that town. Every God had a name in that, in that history. The God of thunder, the God of war, the God of fertility. All of them had names. And what does our God say? Tell them I am sent you. Wait, What? Tell them the very essence of this existence is sending you, empowering you to go do something. Yes, I could absolutely blow Pharaoh's temple up. I could absolutely part the Red Sea and I could absolutely cause things to happen. But I want to send you. I want to empower you to do the thing. Tell them I am sent you. So when Jesus speaks... The religious are like, that's blasphemy. But the followers are like, this is the revelation of God in flesh, in Jesus Christ. What was he saying? I am unstoppable. I'm coming with resurrection and life. And the reality is here today is that often we're looking for God to somehow power us up. Level us up. If, if we do this, because the religions of this world will tell you that if you will do this, then you can attain nirvana. Yeah. If you do this, somehow you can enter in some kind of meditative state and become something. Every religion in this world, even Christianity, will tell you that there are some things that you need to do in order to become. But the message of relationship with Jesus is different than religion. The message of Jesus is not that you have to do and find a place so that you can become. The message of Jesus is that if you will find the living, 
I will make you alive. I will set your course. I will purpose in your heart to become something greater. And your becoming is not because of your effort. It's because of the grace of God shed through the blood of Jesus on a cross, buried in a tomb and risen three days later. My purpose is found in Jesus. Jesus is my purpose. Not a job, not a house, not a spouse, not with a mouse. <laughs> Jesus is my purpose. Jesus is my purpose. You here today are getting an ounce of freedom. There's a key that's getting ready to unlock the things that have mentally bound you. The internal limitations that have weighed you and held you down because you've been searching for a place. And today, the revelation is, it's not in the place, it's in the person. Your purpose is not something you do. Your purpose is something you are. God's purpose for your life is not about you becoming every, it's not about you becoming something. Some doctor, some teacher, some philosopher, some stay-at-home mom. His purpose for you is not becoming a thing. His purpose for you is becoming everything he created you to become. And that is filled with life. So no matter where you are on the economic scale of society norms, it does not matter. That is not your purpose. Your purpose is to find the way the truth and life. Stop looking for the living God among the dead ideas. We ask our band to come. See, if you will allow what you do to come out of who you are, and if you let who you are come out of a relationship with Jesus, there's no stopping you. See, when, when Jesus raised from the dead, when he resurrected, it was so that we could be resurrected with him. His resurrection was a promise and a hope that we can find today. In 2023, if no grave could hold him down, then there is no bad week that can stop you. There's no failed relationship no failed business. There's no failed dream, no failed aspiration. There is no place, no location, and no doing that can stop you when your purpose is found in Jesus, not in the tomb. See, resurrection proved that nothing can stop Jesus from getting to you. That's what he was telling his disciples before he was crucified. He said, I want you to know I'm going. I'm going to die, but I'm going to prepare a place for you. Like, after, after all this is said and done, I'm going to leave and you're, you're left. Like, peace out. You're stuck. But he's like, I want you to remember, don't let your hearts be troubled. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And when it's all ready, I'll come and get you. And 
what does he say? That where I am, there you will be also. The purpose of resurrection is not for you to get to a place, but for you to find the person of Jesus. Because that is his goal, that wherever I am, there you should be too. That wherever I go, that's where you should go too. That whatever I say, that's what you should follow as well. That whatever I'm doing, that's what you should be doing. The purpose is not found in the location. The purpose is found in a person. Resurrection is not an event. It's a person. Life is not an event. It's a person. And that person is Jesus. And I present to you today that Jesus is not among the tombs. He is not buried. His destiny and purpose for your life is not dead. It is not over. No matter what everyone else has told you. No matter what degree has told you that. No matter what diagnosis has told you that. No matter what feeling has told you that. No matter what ex-spouse has told you that. No matter what teacher told you that. Nothing can stop you when you are with the one who raised from the dead all by himself. This Jesus is unstoppable and so are we. Come on, will you stand to your feet all over this room today? Peter said it like this. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again. Why? How? Because Jesus was raised from the dead. Now, somebody say now. We live life, not in location, life in the person of Jesus. Now we live with great expectation. And I'm praying for someone in this house today that the thing, the expectation, the hope, the faith that has withered and died because of the season, because of the trauma, because of the issue. The thing you've been looking for among the tombs, I speak life back into you today. I pray great expectation would arise in your heart this morning. Your expectation that tomorrow's going to be better because of Jesus. That there's going to be healing in your life because of Jesus. That there's going to be hope restored because of Jesus. So this Easter, will you make a decision to stop looking for Jesus among the dead things and start looking for an unstoppable Jesus in the things that are alive? purpose back today. Some of you getting your hope back today. Some of you didn't. You just came in expecting just another quote-unquote traditional Easter message and you were not expecting someone to nail your purpose. Talk to you about the will of God. And you're here today and you have been struggling internally wondering why I'm even here and hope has seemed to die faith has seemed to die scripture says because he died and was risen to life 
now we have the chance to be risen to life with him by being born again and therefore we find in Jesus great One would say that that's an unstoppable force. When you can have expectant faith in the middle of a storm, expectant hope in the middle of tragedy, expectant hope when everything is crumbling, expectant hope when everything is dying, expectant even when you show up and the tomb is empty, not sitting there puzzled and terrified, but sitting there with expectant faith. All right, Jesus isn't here. Now I'm going to find him. Wherever Jesus is, is where he wants me to be. Wherever Jesus is, that's where he wants me to be. And there is nothing in you that can cause you to earn this grace. There's no good work, good deed, walking an old lady across the street or paying for someone's Starbucks that can save you. The only thing that can save your soul is the grace of God found in the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus. That's where my salvation comes. Not from the works of my hand, from a good attitude, not from some nirvana or meditative state. It comes from a person who laid down his life 2,000 years ago, was buried in a tomb, and was risen three days later. That person is what gives me salvation and gives me hope today. And that person died once and for all and was risen to new life once and for all. He doesn't have to keep doing it. It's already been. So as we celebrate on Resurrection Sunday, we're celebrating a new life that He is wanting to give us. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow Jesus to transform your soul. We pray that you have an amazing week. Thanks again for being a part of the Encounter Church family. God bless you.